Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. 10.30 a.m., the people who've slept in and are ready for it. Who has had a Red Bull already? Red Bull people? Red Bull? Red Bull? No one. Monster? Monster people? Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. So good to be together, isn't it? It is officially what I would call the Friday of the year. Everyone... It's the Friday of the year, we're about to go have a jewel, we're about to go out and have a weekend break, and that's the way out. So I understand right now, I'm in your way, so I'll be quick, and then the more you respond, the faster I'm going to talk, because I'm going to get excited, and the faster I talk, the faster you are out of here, in Jesus' name. I don't know if I'm offended or excited, like, but it's fine, Kristen will comfort me later. All right. Cool, but it's so good to be together, and I um, just want to thank Pastor Byron and Pastor Candice in their absence. They're on a holiday currently for the great privilege that it is to speak today and share God's Word, and um, we just pray for them that they may have a great rest. You know, it was a great year, but it was a hard year. Um, I think it was a lot of building, a lot of doing stuff, so just grateful that they can, get, they can rest. So keep them in your prayers, and um, it's just very exciting that they get to have a bit of a break away. But speaking of holidays, um, can we all just quickly just gauge where we're all at right now in life? So some of us... December hits and we're super excited. Where are my Christmas people at? <laughs> Christmas people, there you are. There you go. Always, always loud ones. All right. There's some of us, we, like thirds of December hits and it's just, you know, we get louder, we get excited. Like 30th of November, it was like same old, same old. But for some reason, thirds of December, it's like, hello, you're on. Then there's some of us who are like, I mean, we love free food. Yes. I mean, Thrive Church, I said I love free food. So if you are, I'm just, yeah, you can invite me, I'm, I'm available for free food, all right? Or, or, you know, we love the holidays, no, anybody? But you don't really like, Christmas is like, eh, whatever, you know? Not, don't call me Grinch, but some of us are just like that, right? And then some of us, we struggle this time of year, because maybe remember stuff, we maybe see stuff, we, we get reminded of stuff that we may have lost, that we may not have yet. But can I suggest to us today that no matter who we are, where we find ourselves on the Christmas scale, can I suggest that 2022 is not done yet. Jesus is not done yet. His purposes, His plans is not done yet. Yes, we may be gearing down, but we can step up in our faith. We can step up in our, in our relationship with Jesus and see what He has for us. Why? Because Jesus tells us something He wants us to behold. And that is our sermon series for the rest of December is to behold, to behold Jesus. And if you were at our carol services, carols people, were you at? Yes, it was an amazing service. But if, if you were there, Pastor Byron and Pastor Candace spoke about beholding, beholding how it's more than just looking, how it's more than just seeing, how it's more than just noticing. It is a deep contemplative look at what we're looking at. Beholding is a deep contemplative look at what you're looking at. It's almost like the current language for that would be don't miss this. So behold in modern slang is don't miss this. Like when you behold, it's like maybe for a long time we've been looking at something with glasses, you know, that for, for me I'm not wearing glasses, so right now everything's blurry. I can barely see you and I know I look very attractive, but, but there's this, you know, I, I, I can't see you, but beholding is almost like taking that extra lens off, that filter, that maybe that preconceived idea we had, that maybe that, 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 that the thought we had about Jesus that maybe wasn't biblically accurate and we just take it off and say, cool, Jesus, who are you actually? 
Jesus wants us to behold him. And today that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Jesus and what we can behold and what beholding Jesus means for us and what it does for us. But can I suggest and say that my words can't make us behold Jesus, that, that, that our thoughts not trying hard and trying to squint is not going to help us behold Jesus. What's going to help us behold Jesus is when Jesus helps us behold him. So right now, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask Thrive Church, 10.30 a.m., online, 10.30 people, be at church. But, but wherever you are right now, Wherever you are, I'm going to ask us, stretch out our faith. Let's trust that this won't just be another message. This won't just be some scriptures that we're reading. This will be a space where we get to behold Jesus and will shift everything in our hearts. Do you have faith today that Jesus will speak to you today, Thrive Church? I said, Thrive Church, do you have faith today that Jesus will speak to you? Let's pray real quick. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, God, to sit under your word, to be in your presence, to worship, to the amazing songs that we've been singing, God. But we thank you, God, that you've chosen to be here with us in this space. So God, today, God, we pray, help us to behold you. Help us to see you. Help us to take a deep contemplative look at who you are and may shift and change our hearts so we can be with you, become like you, and do what you did. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, as we are planning for December, as a planning team, as, as the five of us planning the services, we always have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a fight in the office, in the church office, because the planning team is always divided between two groups of people, all right? And I've mentioned them earlier, but you get your very Christmassy people, all right? Literally, on the 1st of December, they, were, they got into the office all happy and excited. Like, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, everything changed. And I don't know what, what they were drinking, what they were doing, but they were very excited, okay? And then the, some of us, two of us, are not so Christmassy, all right? Now, before you go Grinch and Scrooge, I'm not going to say I'm stealing presents and I'm going to burn down trees. I'm just, I'm just not excited about Christmas. When I see lights, I see lights. I don't get, ah, lights! I'm not like that, all right? But me, the non-Christmassy person, decided to marry the most Christmassy person that I've ever seen in the world. On the 1st of December, Kristen, my wife, got 20 decibels louder, all right? Good morning! I'm like, it's 5 a.m. You never awake this time. And she's all excited and she's all passionate. She speaks faster than me. She speaks louder than me. I can never fight with her during December because she always wins. It's impossible for me to keep up. But she's so Christmassy and so excited. And I'm just sitting there. I don't know what the heck's going on here. But I started to think about it. Why can someone have, I, I can a couple who's married, you know, have such different views on Christmas and such different excitement levels on Christmas? How can it be that, that someone who doesn't, I just want to see, there's no kids in the church, right? Kids, okay. How can someone who doesn't believe in Santa anymore? Um, <laughs> I didn't eat him well, I'm just saying. I said it so loud and so clear, not like that. And it was actually like a seven-year-old boy in church. And I was like, you should be taking your kids to kids' church. Amen. There you go. So if that's a revelation, I'm so sorry. May Jesus help you as a parent. Amen. All right. So anyway, how can someone who doesn't believe in that anymore still get so excited about Christmas? I didn't have to look far to find it out. Because when, Chris, when Kristen was a, was a kid, like Christmas Eve, all the cousins, now it's Benoni, so it's a lot of cousins, okay? All the cousins slept over at the same house. Like what? Like 20 kids in one house. Help us, Jesus. The oldest one was eight. Like, how do you manage that? And then Kristen's dad would dress up as Santa and be on the roof and chuck 
presents down the chimney. If there wasn't a chimney, you'd make a hole in the roof and drop presents down there. <laughs> it's Benoni's. Everything is okay. It's so bad that the other kids in the neighborhood started seeing this. I mean, this is a guy on the roof shouting ho, ho, ho and giving presents. I mean, the writing's on the wall. So what did they do? They jumped over the wall. <laughs> they got involved. And because of that, because of how Kristen sees Christmas, she still sees it in his eyes of awe and wonder. See, how we see things will determine how we experience it. More so, how we see things will determine how we react to it. How we behold something will affect our lives and what we do with it. Beholding changes the beholder. Whoever beholds changes. Beholding changes the beholder. And it's not just true for the festive season. Think about it. How we behold our spouses how we think about them, look at them, how we see them, how we experience them will determine how we see our marriage. How we behold our jobs will determine how we feel about our careers going forward. If our jobs is just some trap that we have to do, then we never get excited to do anything there. How we behold our kids will so dramatically change our relationships with them. How we behold Jesus will change everything in our faith. How we behold Jesus will change everything in our faith. Why? Because beholding changes the beholder. How we behold Jesus will determine how we pray. How we behold Jesus will determine how we worship. That's how some of us can go, all my life you have been faithful and we're holding a chair. All my life you have. And some of us go, all my life God you have been faithful. I'm so grateful. Why? Because there's a different way of how we see Jesus. How we behold Jesus changes us and affects us. It affects everything in our lives. How we behold Jesus will determine how much we come to church. How much we want to be at church. How we behold Jesus will determine how we see Scripture and how we see His Word. Beholding changes the beholder. My prayer and my burden for us today that I feel God wants us to know so badly is that beholding Jesus changes us and it affects every area of our lives. Beholding Jesus changes us and it affects every area of our lives. Now, there's a clear example of, in Scripture of this. and It's an example of Mary when she was pregnant with Jesus. She... She had a cousin, Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with a son called John. Now, John was going to become John the Baptist, the very person who was going to go and baptize Jesus. So Mary, this is her cousin right now, decides to December holidays, I'm going to go home to the family, going to have a jewel, you know, Benoni vibes, you know, going to have a good time. And I'm from Benoni, by the way, so please don't take offense, I'm talking to myself. Um, but anyway, so, so she, she goes to a cousin, Elizabeth. And it said, Scripture says that as Mary walked into the house and started greeting everyone, Elizabeth heard Mary's voice. And as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, Scripture says, an account in history, that John the Baptist leapt in a womb. Now, I wish there was a FIFA World Cup back then, guys. Because if a baby can leap in a womb, imagine what a baby can do on a soccer pitch. In fact, Israel would have been the best team to have ever played. I mean, you got Jesus, you got John the Baptist, might have Paul there, Peter, you know, like, I mean, imagine, that soccer team would be unbeatable, okay? But think about it, we read past this, John leapt, what happened in that moment? Now, I have a lot of friends right now who are pregnant, it's just a season of life that I'm in, and they, they literally, like, see the baby go, and it's normal. I mean, you don't, like, you don't see this and think it's normal, right? I mean, the other day at KFC, Dunk Wings, and my stomach did something funny, and I was like, Hey! Get behind me! 
find me, Satan. But no, for them it's normal, and why? I'm pretty sure the first time it was like, no, oh, baby's working. Now it's like normal. Why? Because it happens so often. I'm sure this happened for Elizabeth as well, right? I mean, she was pregnant. The baby must have moved before. But some, for some reason, this time it was different. For some reason, there was something over there. For some reason, everyone realized in the room, including John, in Elizabeth's room, that Jesus is here. Jesus is coming. The, the, the very Savior of the world, the Son of the God who birthed the stars, who birthed the sun, He is in this very room and He's about to be birthed. He's about to change the very foundation of history and the very foundation of the world. See, in this moment, Mary and Elizabeth took time to behold Jesus. I would like to suggest, and Scripture doesn't say this, but I'd like to think that this is the moment where Mary realized that there's more than just some ordinary boy. All of a sudden, those conversations of angels, even seeing the angel wasn't as dramatic and, and impactful in the life as beholding Jesus was. See, some of us, there's a word right now, some of us think we, like, we need to see miracles for Jesus to become real. No, 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 we need to just see Jesus differently and to behold him. So as, we, as Mary beholds Jesus, it changes everything about the life. All of a sudden, there's no ordinary pregnancy. This is something real, this is something powerful, and she sees the width and the depth of Jesus' life ahead of her because she took time to behold him. And Mary gets this response prompted out of her in Luke 1, verse 46 to 49. Let's read it together. And Mary said, after all this happened, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. See, it's not just, oh, thank you, thank you. There's something that she wants to do. She wants to dance. She wants to sing. She wants to do something. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, everyone say behold. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is his name. See, church, Mary is visiting Elizabeth, probably the only person right now who believes her whole story of becoming pregnant. Probably the only person who understands that there's something more going on here than just some ordinary baby being born. And in that moment, Mary and Elizabeth realized Jesus is here, and it took time to behold him, and it prompted a response out of Mary. Beholding changes the beholder. Beholding Jesus changes everything. It affects every area of our lives. Mary took time to behold Jesus and it shifted something inside of her. It changed something inside of her. This was no ordinary pregnancy from that moment onward. See, church, beholding Jesus changes us. It affects every area of our lives. Beholding changes the beholder. Can I suggest today, church, can we behold Jesus for a moment? Can we not just look at Jesus and see Jesus? In fact, I believe some of us are sitting in this space and you have a wrong view of Jesus because of a past experience. Can I suggest today you have an opportunity, we all have an opportunity today to behold Jesus a little bit differently. See, Jesus is not done yet. 2022 is not done yet. Jesus still has hope. He wants to instill in us. He still has purpose. He wants to bestow in us. He still has chains that He wants to break. He has family divisions that He wants to heal. He has a life that He wants to inject in us. He has direction that He wants to give. Jesus is not done yet. If He can change the world in three days, imagine what He can do in two weeks. Jesus is saying, just behold me. Can you maybe just, whatever preconceived idea you have about me, can you just behold? Behold. He's not done yet. See, as Mary took time to behold Jesus, it prompted a response out of her. 
Why? Because beholding changes the beholder, right? Because beholding Jesus changes everything. It affects every area of our life. And, and Mary went from just giving thanks to God. She started living thanks. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And your soul just want to do something. It's not just thank you, thank you. It's something that you do. You want to give your whole life to this thing. See, as we behold Jesus, it prompts a different response out of us. We move from thanksgiving to thanks living. Charles Spurgeon says this about thanks living. He says, I think that is a better thing than thanksgiving. And it's called thanks living. How is this to be done? How can we go from thanksgiving to thanks living? How can we behold Jesus and it affect every area of our lives? It says this, by a general cheerfulness of manner, by an obedience to the command of him by whose mercy we live, by a perpetual, constant delighting of ourselves in the Lord and by submission of our desires to his will. Can we today have a general cheerfulness of matter? What does it mean? Can we, can we just be thankful to Jesus for what he's done? No matter where we are, we have a reason to be thankful. But more so, can we, can we put ourselves under God's word and obey it for a second and just hear what he has to say to us? More so, can we constantly, perpetually delight ourselves in him and say, God, you're so amazing. You're so incredible. I want to behold you. I want to see you. Can we submit our desires to his will? Whatever we want to do today, whatever our hopes are for today, can I suggest, can we just align our desires for a moment with Jesus? and hear what he wants to say to us. So right now, we're going to unpack a few things that Jesus has done, because what changed for Mary was she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, for he who is great has done great things for me. As she realizes, as she beholds what Jesus and God has done for her, it prompted the thanks living out of her. Today, what we're going to do, we're going to look at all the things that Jesus has done, not all of them, but some of them that Jesus has done, and we're going to look at them, we are going to behold them. We're going to look intently. We're going to perpetually be delight ourselves in those things. And can I, can I suggest that just take one of these things that you maybe need to behold instead of just look at this time and let it speak to you because beholding changes the beholder. Beholding Jesus changes everything. It affects every area of our lives. So are you ready for the Thrive Church? Are you ready to look at the things that Jesus has done? Are you ready to behold things with me that Jesus has done for us? The first thing that Jesus does for us is Jesus provides. No, no, don't see it. Don't look at it. Behold it. He provides. Look deeply. What does that mean for me? See, in the midst of extraordinary struggles in my life, in the midst of dark spaces, I've seen Jesus always provide. I've seen him provide financially. I've seen him provide physically. I've seen him provide emotionally. Jesus provides. Behold, he provides. Right now, what are you lacking? Behold, he provides. Every time this time of year, I go to Rustenburg to visit my dad because that's where he stays. He says, you can pray for me. I need help. But, but you know, um, there he, um, he, like, I always go there for like two weeks or so, and I used to study my bachelor's degree in accounting. So, you know, varsity holidays are very long. It's three to four months of holiday. What a jewel it was. It was amazing. So I'd go to my dad for like two weeks, and this time I decided I'm going to go there a little bit earlier. So I went there a little week before. And as I went there, I went to go visit my dad. I unlocked the house. He didn't know I was going to be there, and I walked into the house, and he wasn't there. He was gone. I was like, where's my dad? Little did I realize my dad planned a whole holiday to Durban by himself. It's Christmas Day and there I am at my dad's house. And I thought to myself, wow, I'm alone on Christmas Day. That's not nice. And I remember feeling a little bit down and like a little bit upset. As I think all of us would. And in that moment, I, just, I can't explain to you how it happened. I can't explain to you exactly what happened. But behold, Jesus provides. In a moment, I felt like Jesus was in the room with me. In a moment, I felt like I could speak to him like he was in the chair next to me. I felt so close to God. 
I felt like I could share anything and everything and he was listening and he was hearing it. He provides. No matter where you are, he provides. I believe that Jesus in a moment truly understood how I felt and what I needed. Behold, he provides. Matthew 7 verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. For the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. He provides, church. Behold it. Please don't just skim past it. Behold it with me today, that Jesus is providing for you. As you you see and behold that he provides for you, be thankful for what he provides for you. Be grateful for it. Look at it and say, wow, God, it really is amazing. You could have just given me food, but now I have this excellent meal. You could have just given me a family, but now I have extra family members. You could have just given me a church, but now you've given me this church. God, you've done so much. Behold, he provides. And as you see him providing, let's also then be a blessing with what he provides. Let's just keep it to ourselves so that others can behold that he provides as well. Another thing that Jesus does for us is Jesus changes hearts. Jesus changes hearts. I find that God has the amazing ability to change hearts. He has the amazing ability to, to, to change people's hearts and to change my heart. In my life, I've seen him change my heart so that I can align with his purposes. But better so, sometimes he's changed people's hearts around me so that God's, God's will and purposes can be accomplished in my life. God, Jesus, changes hearts. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Behold, Jesus changes hearts. What does he do? Well, for, think about it. Behold with me for a moment. For that family member that we're all worried about, that you know Jesus needs to speak to, behold, he's holding his heart. For our boss, behold, Jesus holds his heart. For our kids, for our friends, for our family, behold, Jesus changes hearts. As we behold it today, as we look at it today, may we know and have faith that Jesus will do what he wants to do. He will accomplish his will in that person's life. I don't have to fear for that person's future because Jesus is holding his heart. I don't have to worry about that person's future because Jesus is holding his heart. Can we step out in faith and confidence that Jesus will do the miraculous thing? If he can change my heart, he can change their hearts. That Jesus can change hearts. Behold, he changes hearts. And for some of us who are struggling with something in our own hearts that we need healing for, behold, He changes hearts. Another thing that Jesus does is Jesus protects. Jesus protects. I've seen throughout my whole life that Jesus has protected me. I've seen throughout my whole life that Jesus has protected people from the most hectic of circumstances. At times I felt though that Jesus, you could have protected me from that one. Jesus, you could have helped me dodge that bullet. Jesus, you could have helped me there. But what I've realized later on is I look back, Jesus is protecting me from something else. Not just that one thing that I thought I needed protection from. He was protecting me from a life without him. Behold, he doesn't protect you from harm. Behold, he doesn't protect you from trouble. Trouble. Behold, he protects you from a life without him. Why? Because he knows he's the best thing he can give you. There's nothing better you can receive in life. If you don't know that, if you don't understand that, I can ask you to behold Jesus today. And you might just find that he is the best gift that you can ever receive in your life. Behold, he doesn't protect us from hardship. He protects us from a life without him. As we behold that right now, may it stir us, stir a peace in our hearts that no matter what I'm going through, through right now, no matter what I'm struggling with right now, that He's protecting me from a life without Him. As I behold Him, 
may give me peace to know that this is not the end. This battle is not over yet. I may feel defeated, but I will rise victorious because greater is he in me than he that is in the world. I have the faith and the power of Jesus living in my life. I will overcome the situation. I will overcome the circumstance. Why? Because Jesus is not done yet. He's protecting me. He will protect me and I will not suffer from this. This is not the end. Behold with me, church, that he protects today. Another thing that Jesus does is Jesus empowers us. I said throughout my whole life that Jesus has empowered me exactly for what I needed for that situation that I was facing. And a, an empowerment that I could never experience otherwise. Empowerment that no preparation will ever give me ready for. Empowerment that no person can talk prep talk me up for. An empowerment that is indescribable and supernatural. Behold, he empowers us. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, you can have two options. You can get a card and read the map from the card and try and find your way through Durban or wherever you may go. Or you can get a GPS who goes on the journey with you. Jesus is that person who goes with us. Behold, he empowers us. He will empower you for that meeting. He will empower you for that meeting. He will empower you for your kids' struggles. Hey, like, I think like, we look at teenagers especially. There's so much going on in the world. There's so much fighting for their souls. Behold, I know you're struggling. Jesus says, I know you're struggling. I know it's hard. I know you are fearful for the future. Behold, I'll empower you. You're not alone. I'm with you. Behold, Jesus empowers. He'll empower you for that difficult conversation that you need to have. Behold, Jesus empowers. As we behold his empowerment today, may we know and walk in confidence that we have all that we need. For Jesus' will to be established in our lives. I'll not be left high and dry. I have Jesus with me. Behold, he empowers. Another thing that Jesus does for us. Are you still with me, church? Yes. Are you being helped? Yes. Are you beholding Jesus? Yes. Is it changing your life? Is it affecting your life? Are you allowing it to speak to you? Does Jesus behold him? Another thing that Jesus does, he, Jesus builds our character. Jesus builds our character. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful I don't just suffer for no reason. I'm so grateful that I don't go through pain for nothing. I'm so grateful that my pain has a purpose. My pain has a purpose in Jesus. And that purpose is that God can instill a greater faith in me, a stronger passion in me, a stronger character in me, so that when I go into a situation next, I'll be empowered and strengthened for it. My pain has a purpose. My struggle has a purpose. I'm not alone. It's not for nothing. Jesus is working all things for His glory. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all, everyone say all, all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. God uses everything that He's called us to become. He's using everything to build us and shape us and empower us and make us strong so we can become the people that He's called us to be, so we can become the strong houses, the lighthouses that the world needs, so we can become, can become the leaders that a, that a world with broken leaders needs. They, like Jesus builds our character. Behold, He builds our character. Aren't you grateful? That your struggle has a purpose. It is not the end. As you behold with me today, may you have a sense of hope and a sense of joy that this is doing something, that this is going somewhere. I'm not just suffering for no reason. Behold, my struggle has a purpose. Behold, Jesus builds our character. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful, church? My pain is not for nothing. I will rise. I will become stronger. 
I will become a light to this world. I will do what Jesus did, even in the most horrible of circumstances. Behold, He's building our character. Last thing we're going to focus on today that Jesus does is Jesus gives purpose and direction. Jesus gives purpose and direction. I'm so grateful today that I'm not just here to suck oxygen and one day say, peace out. Aren't you grateful for that? I'm not here to suck air, earn a salary, buy food so I can like earn more salary to buy more food. I have a purpose in life. I have something to do. I have something that Jesus placed inside of me that only I can do. I have something to live out. People are waiting for my life to be shining God's light so Jesus can meet them and encounter them. I have a purpose to live. Thank you, Jesus. I have purpose. I have direction. Wow. There's eternity tied to my life. It's not just to suck in and go. I have something to do. If you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling lost, if you feel depressed, I'm not nullifying that. I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying you shouldn't just feel it and get over it. That's not what I'm saying. But can I suggest today as you behold Jesus, may it stir something in your heart that I have a purpose. I have something to do. I have somewhere to go. I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know what God wants to do with your life, but you have a purpose. Scripture tells us we have a purpose. As we behold Him, may we know that we're going somewhere, that we have direction, we have purpose, and paired with that is the provision to accomplish that purpose. Behold, Jesus gives purpose and direction. Church, let's not just see these things. Let's behold Him. Let's behold Him. Can I ask you right now, wherever you are, just stand to your feet. And I'm going to give you a moment. What is it you need to behold about Jesus right now? What is it that you need Him to say to you? What area in your life needs to be affected and changed? It's going to be on the screen right now, all the things that Jesus does for us. Jesus provides. Jesus changes hearts. He protects. He builds our character. He empowers us. He gives purpose and direction. What do you need to behold right now? Wherever you are, maybe just close your eyes and focus on Jesus. Help me to behold. Jesus, help me to see. As you behold Him right now, may it change our lives, may it affect every area of our lives. Aren't you grateful, church, that Jesus provides for you? Aren't you grateful that He's changing hearts? He's holding all hearts in His hand. Aren't you grateful that Jesus protects us right now? Aren't you grateful that He's empowering you in this moment for that conversation? Aren't you grateful that your pain has a purpose? Jesus is building your character. Aren't you grateful that Jesus gives purpose? and direction. So come on church, behold Him, behold Him, declare out to Him, speak to Him, behold Him right now with me church. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.